guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Light the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? Yeah. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Sunday Red Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, today, we have a jam-packed episode. Kari's actually in the Dominican, uh, so he recaps his round today on the golf course, which is quite entertaining, and his experience in the Dominican. We talk about Nick Taylor. Big week for the Canadians. Congratulations to Nick Taylor on winning the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We talk about the state of the game in Canada. We pick our beach chicken of the week. Answer a fan's questions and so much more. Stay tuned, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Gentlemen, we are live. Everyone, welcome back to episode four, right, guys? Four? I think it's four. Episode four. four of the Daily Grind. Jack, Kari, what's happening, fellas? It's not the Daily Grind. Restart. <laughs> oh, restart. <laughs> Actually, keep that in. Keep it going. Redo. Let's that's keep it in. Plug. Yeah, let's keep it in. <laughs> yeah, so, certainly not the Daily <laughs> Grind. Well, what's going on, fellas? We're Happy flying. to be back. <laughs> Who's been on the seven-day bender? Me or Call? Holy man, that's brutal. <laughs> Yeah, okay. it sounds like Call. He's just sitting there crushing chips, and Player Safety is going to be looking at me. Player <laughs> Safety is looking at me for this game. Holy yeah, you know, what? I'm I'm just going to introduce myself. I'm Kari Rickin, the third member of your uh, your Sunday Red <laughs> Podcast team. I'm uh, actually coming from Dominican, so if the sounds a little choppy or uh, it's not quite the audio audio you're used to, we'll fix it next week. But hopefully, it goes over smooth. I did play some golf today, so and I did it for the Sunday Red podcast listeners because I probably wouldn't have played if I wasn't talking about golf tonight. First of to... all, where'd you play? Second of all, how'd you play? Let's recap it. Okay. I got a third of all, too, after that. You guys can ask me. You, I'll field questions as I'm describing my day, and I might have some mispronunciations there. My Espanol is not uh, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Don't even know how to say 10 in Spanish. Um, so I played at Punta Blanca Golf Club. So it's it's close to the resorts. I think it's actually a part of a resort. I st- And it was a wonderful day, let me tell you. I start my day off. This guy picks me up in like something like a RAV4. I don't even know what it was. Smaller. Um, doesn't, even ha- doesn't even have a license plate. Picks me up at my resort. Like I said on the previous comp- uh, podcast, I didn't bring my clubs down, so I'm renting. We, we take this car, we drive, we go ninja route, like right off the road, which is fair. It might even be a road in Dominican. I'm not even sure. Ideal. <laughs> we show up in the middle of the golf course. So we're at this point just driving on a cart path. There's people around tee off boxes. Me and Buddy are taking the RAV4 through, weaving <laughs> through groups, right, right through the golf course. I'm like, is this serious right now? So we're weaving through, going around T-Dex. I see like half the course before I even reach the clubhouse. Boom. Parks me right in front of the cart barn. Drops me off. I'm like, thanks, Buddy. That was awesome. Are you here later so I can uh, give you something for your time? He's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll be driving you home. And that's how I started my experience off the golf course. Oh, like, this wow. is crazy. This is a different world. And it was it was a cool experience. I've never seen anything like that. But before I start fielding questions, I do have a very big pet peeve to get off my chest. 
And I, I'll, I'll be honest, I have a golf ball collection at home. I like collecting where I, I play uh, different courses. I like the course logos to kind of make a display, remember some of the rounds. I cannot stand when the logo golf balls are not a premium golf ball. It needs to be, I mean, everyone knows what a premium golf ball is. It needs to be stamped on a premium golf ball. It just doesn't look the same stamped on a pinnacle. And no. uh, <laughs> There's a nice pinnacle gold Punta, Punta Blanca golf ball for you, eh? Okay, so I'll tell you why it's even more my pet peeve. So I buy the logo golf balls that are sitting in a, a, a jar locked up. They're like four bucks a piece, whatever. It's fine. And then I buy a sleeve of Pro V1s, my gamers, and they're logoed after the fact. I realize on the first tee, I go to peg it up, it's logoed. I'm like, fuck, give me a break here. Let me, let me tell you why they're pinnacles. Is because if they were Pro Vs, everyone would be tempted to play them, and you would lose them. So they're the pinnacles so that you keep them, because who's playing a pinnacle? I, okay, well, we don't have the same, we don't share the same pet peeve. And... Uh, <laughs> And that's, and I wanted to look nice in my, yeah, I have a, I'll be honest. I have a couple of pinnacles up in the ball display and it bothers me when I look by, it's right by my shitter. I keep it right so, there. So did you just keep one of the pro V's and play with the, one of the pinnacles? I still have the pinnacle and I still have the pro V's. So I don't know. I have four of them now. I, wow. Yeah. Right. So my two questions, what were the rentals? Okay. Well, that's one question, but I'll go with it. Um, <laughs> no, there's a one after this too. So, cause this is a very important question when it comes to playing away golf um and so the way they did at this golf course is there was three tiers of rental so you could rent a 35 dollar set a 45 dollar set i don't even know what those ones were because the 55 dollar set was the titles and i went with it um so that's great they offer premium golf clubs i was i was a happy camper um i uh 917 line i think it was the d2 driver 10 and a half degree regular shaft. Oh, I'm like, can you go back there and just look for a stiff shaft driver? He's like, ah, no, 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 that's rental set one. It's staying with rental set one. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, three wood, I actually didn't mind. It was a 917, um, a 15 degree with the actual, the, I guess it would be the B series Diamana um, stiff shaft. So I could live with that. A hybrid wow, that, that didn't make it out of the bag. AP ones. Okay, I, I don't even know exact model because I don't follow them that close. The AP one line that is, but let me tell you, it really threw me off when I'm looking at the bottom of my bag. It goes eight, nine, pitching wedge, forty eight degree AP one, and then <laughs> one sandwich. I'm like, okay, well that kind of throws my loss off for the day here because I play a pitching wedge in my own stock set that's forty nine degrees. It's so I'm playing. I have like two pitching wedges, like. It's like, I don't know. I don't even know a compare a sport. Well, comparison. it's because a- AP one, the pitching wedge is forty six. No, because it would have more than two degrees of gap. It must be like a forty two. No, I'm pretty certain the because it goes forty six, and you said to forty eight. Oh no, it's forty eight. Yeah, yeah, maybe forty forty four. Then I guess it's go- yeah. It's got to be like a nine iron loft. So I'm constantly through the round trying to stagger. I don't know. It was, the club so, selection thing was tough in that ocean breeze over <laughs> and I, Was it coming off the ocean? Yeah, it was. It was coming yeah. off the ocean all day. <laughs> so and, second question. Second question. Okay. Did, were you for, you had to use a caddy too, right? No. This actually, this club had no caddy, which was surprising. It was the only one um, that didn't require a caddy. And 
yeah, I mean, there's more to the backstory, but this, I tried for the last four days to get on the golf course today and plans changed around no caddy at this golf course. Uh, okay. Well, the, the, the reason I brought that up was, so I played golf in the Dominican a couple of times too. It's when we went, we had to take a caddy. It was a pro-am and, uh, <laughs> to this You're day, I'm burp I, one more time, Giver. Yeah, one more in there. It comes yes. in three. Right. These guys can find balls like none other. I, I think I probably hit it as squirrely as I've ever hit it, but not once did I lose a golf ball that day. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. As squirrely as you've ever hit it? Yeah, uh, it was pretty close. Pretty the close. National already got brought up on this podcast. We're <laughs> only four, four episodes in, buddy. Um, I do have a couple you I oh yeah a couple two more things about my round before I feel maybe another question here is um one if anyone has a chance to play golf in Dominican for my example uh near Punta Cana man everyone's so friendly the staff is awesome like I had a great experience everyone was helping me out it was a great time and uh two I made a hilarious mistake and you guys might laugh at this might call me an idiot so I'm looking at the scorecard before I play, of course, I'm sitting on the practice screen, looking it over. I'm like, okay, hey, what tees am I going to play here? What are we working with? So I read like whatever I uh, doing. I'll try and keep this somewhat short blues. I'm reading 61, 81. I'm like, okay, hey, this is, this is really tiny. And then blacks tips, uh, 65, 28. I'm like, okay, so I have to play the tips and we still might yeah. be running out of golf, uh, golf hole, I guess, golf course. I go to peg it on the first tee. I'm looking at the scorecard. I'm like, this hole's only three ninety nine. I'm like, looking at it. Three ninety nine like, par five. I don't know. Looking at this thing, I read the meters portion of the scorecards <laughs> in meters. So I'm playing a seventy four hundred yard tipped out track in the wind. <laughs> so it was. It was a lot. There was a lot of AP one mid irons out there, which are technically long irons. <laughs> That's but, awesome. But I had fun. Center shaft, uh, shaft it's uh, Scotty T, by the way. Uh, so, sorry, go low for Scotty Cameron. Wow. So a little bit different there, but um, what, what, that's what it. What part of the game? What part of the game for you guys feels the most shaky when you haven't played in a while? Easily the driver for me. Really? Iron, yeah, it's um completely wow. backwards for that. I've always been a somewhat poor driver of the golf ball, especially earlier in rounds. Like everyone can probably attest to that. And uh, for some reason, yeah, I struggle with the longer uh, the longer clubs. And usually, like even even today, uh, usually it takes me a couple reps to get into it, find the shot I have that day, and then off I go. Because I didn't hit any nugs before either. Yeah, I would say for me the hardest is like a mid iron. Uh, really? You know, one of those, yeah, a mid iron. Shocking. Those, those are two really weird answers. <laughs> like yeah, really so shocking. No, yeah, for me it's the mid iron because it's it, you know you're getting to shots where you need a bit of feel. And for me, first, you know, five, six, seven rounds of the year, everything is moving right to left and right to left in a hurry. <laughs> I would argue so, that it's not feel, it's more flight. It's yeah, you're trying it, to flight the shot, not feel the shot. I, I that, just, it's funny. Two different I, things? Eh, yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. I, I would say, though, for me, it just, it feels like when I'm out there, it's all my depth perception. And I think the closer I get to the ball, like, or like to the green, it, it's a bit easier. But when I'm like, you know, 140 to 160, 
I hit one and I'm like, oh my God, that's going 300 yards over the green. Cause it just like, I haven't seen a ball fly in six months. Right. You know, hitting it indoors isn't the same. And then I get out there. It's just, it just for me, the mid iron, whereas, you know, driver, okay. You know, swing as hard as you can and let it fly. And you're used to seeing something that's, you know, flying decently high and, and, and long. But uh, when you get to the mid iron, I'm like, oh man, that could be three clubs long. I just, <laughs> the, the variation could be, it could be so far. It is it is kind of weird seeing the ball fly through the air the first time in a while. Like last time I played was probably end of September. So just even get the ball going. It was it was fun, man. It's such a good day today. Big week this week. AT&T Canadian of the week made it super simple for me. On top of that, you guys can piggyback out. Our picks look really good this week, too. Like we got Streelman, which may have been the pick of the year. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. That may have been the pick of the year. Hey. If he's playing with Larry Fitzgerald, it's not the pick of the year, buddy. You knew he was You're right. be playing well. <laughs> You're I'm right. He's feeling My- it. You guys, you guys called early Phil, and I was kind of sweating because I really was like, Phil's not going to win. I'm like, oh, Phil might win this week. Um, <laughs> and then on top of that, we got Cantley up there. Uh, Homa played well. DJ until the tough last, last round. Day. Tough last day. Tough last day. Um, but overall, pretty good week. But you know what? Super excited for Nick Taylor. He uh, went through a little bit of a rough patch, but closed it out. First Canadian to win the AT&T Pro-Am. So kudos to him. What do you guys think? So so first off, obviously, yeah, awesome to see a, a Canadian uh, getting in the winner's circle again. Uh, I thought it was awesome. He was also the first wire-to-wire Canadian to win a, a tour event since 1960. So yeah, this guy. Yeah, stack guy Jack here. Uh, but no, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I was watching. I watched pretty well every shot on Sunday. I was got a bit shaky there through, you know, I think it was 11, 12, 13, 14. Probably, arguably one of the best bounces I've ever seen. Uh, I, I might have been 13. Did you see it off the lady's foot? Unfortunately, I haven't watched the second of golf in the last week. So... So I don't know, Colin's laughing over there, but <laughs> he, he got one going a bit left there and hits hits left of the trap, hits the car path, hits the lady's foot, stays in bounds. It was it was awesome. Best bounce ever. Then proceeds to catch down the green, makes an easy par. But no, he was he was awesome. Yeah. So I mean I, I didn't watch a second of golf, I'm being honest with our with our followers here, but I did follow it on the tracker, which is doing my due diligence when I'm at a resort, right? Um, so Nick Taylor, uh, fantastic. I love seeing this guy win second career win, if I'm not mistaken, first in yeah. five years, rarely yes, do you see that with a, yeah. with a player that's so established on the PGA tour. Cause he hasn't been like, he's been around, he hasn't fallen off and then has come back. I could be wrong on that. That's just my mind talking. Um, a couple things with the AT&T pro-am. Um, one thing I was really curious with your DJ pick there, uh, CMO. I yeah. really wanted to see Dustin Johnson's final round at Pebble simply for the fact, and I'll probably not guess the year. I'm sure I'll try and guess it. 2012 when Graham McDowell won the U S open at Pebble. I remember him shooting 80. He struggled uh, with a couple flub chips. I mean, the, the rough stick, I don't know how you can't point the finger at that unlucky breaks. He really yeah. struggled. And um, Pebble was not playing easy on Sunday. I'm looking at scorecards. I'm like, I, I don't know what the scoring average was, but you really had to play some good golf to uh, to close out that tournament. I'm pumped that Nick Taylor uh, was able to do so. Great to see. Firm and fast. I think for me, when I was watching it, I didn't uh, watch the last five holes, 
but when he hold out the bunker shot on seven to take a, I think, five-shot lead. Gibber, you can, you can see it, Gibber. <laughs> no, it was, whole, it, it was whole six. It was whole six. Whole six. <laughs> oh. Hold out the bunker shot. Um, for me at that point, you guys are just laughing at me right now. <laughs> I'm laughing at Gibber. That was ridiculous. Okay, let's keep on. For me at that point, um, I thought he had it in the bag. Because the back nine was playing so tough, I didn't feel like Phil was going to make a charge. Uh, and I feel like he could have shot one, two over, which, I mean, ultimately he kind of did. And I feel like he was solid. I feel like he, he did enough on the front nine to secure the win. Yeah, I would say the the front nine, I would, like it was unbelievable. The golf, like you, just when you, you thought you were getting into like an unbelievable race, and then Phil kind of makes a couple of bogeys, but uh, with Taylor, he just came out firing. Uh, to see that a thirty it comes out thirty two on the front nine, right? Uh, that really secured it for him. It, yeah. it, it, everyone, every Canadian is just sitting there, kind of holding their breath, right? You know, just trying to get it into the clubhouse for him, right? Because the whole country's pulling for him, but. Either awesome to see him win. Yeah, I couldn't be more deserving. Uh, just had, I think he just had a kid in that, uh, last October. So uh, wife and kid were out there uh, on 18 to congratulate him too. So that was awesome to see. First Canadian, oh. first Canadian actually since we're in Ames, little Stephen Ames, oh, Ames to guy. become a two-time winner on the PGA Tour. Wow, uh, that's shocking as well. That's a that is shocking me, actually. Um, I was just going to say, how easy was that fill in contention pick? <laughs> yeah, that's right. as easy that as easy as it comes there, fellas. I'm glad all three of us were like, yeah, he's probably going to be in it. <laughs> in contention. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, some there's like whatever, dogs for certain tracks. That's not the saying, but I'm going to go with it. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it, was, it was actually a pretty good leaderboard heading into Sunday as well. Uh, yeah. I'm disappointed I didn't get to watch. Uh, actually, I did watch the last two holes. I lied again. Uh, but I, I did see that they changed the 18th hole. Um, U.S. Open last year, they really narrowed it down where the tree was kind of on the right side of the fairway. They, yeah. again, widened it out a bit, little bit, and they added that massive bunker, I think. It's hard sometimes when you're watching on TV to see the changes of the courses, but uh, they've really changed the look of that 18th hole, and I think they've done a pretty good job keeping the hole the way it should be played with strategically placing it because they can't lengthen it come back to the lake conversation with the golf ball, right? They've done a really good job with that. Yeah, Throw that out there. totally. So um, uh, before, we're going to go. Yeah, go ahead, Kari. Sorry. I actually am going to lead into our next segment. Sorry, Simo. Uh, but I did notice that Nick Taylor um, in the bag this week has a 2017 M2 with an Atmos. It is a little bit of an older shaft. And then I also noticed uh, Daniel Berger's playing some really good golf as of late on major medical. And he was, he's playing a set of irons. Uh, I think they're just called the TaylorMade uh, MCs. They're from his senior year in high school. And he said he's going to buy every set he possibly can and play them for the rest of his life. That's how much he loves them. So my wrench talk this week, and I have my own to choose from, but maybe we can hear you guys talk first. What's your holy grail? of a club that you've played growing up, one that you always wanted, that you finally got your hands on that stayed in the bag forever. What's your go-to club like these guys have in their bag on tour? For me, it's my putter. It's my Scotty Cameron putter. I played it when I was a junior. I was like to be a Jack knows this. I was like putting was my thing when I was younger. And when I kind of got into the amateur professional level, I started to tink and I did it a lot. I went through a lot of putters. I went you through no like way. the kind of 
the little coocher up the forearm. I went through a little short putter, but I've recently come back to that original Scotty. Um, that I don't think will ever come out of my bag. Never say never, but at least for the next five years. That for me, the club standard. If you yeah. guys ever seen McGruber, never ever say never ever. <laughs> <laughs> never ever say never ever. Okay, so, here, sorry. Oh, so, so I got two. I had a, uh, well, my putter. I have my Scotty for 18 years. So that, that baby's in the bag forever. Uh, actually, oddly enough with that one, I bought it used, uh, like when I was in like grade seven. Makes it even better, honestly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that, yeah, it's, it's, that one's, that one's seen a lot of different grips on it. It's been lengthened. It's been shortened. It's had lead tape on it. It's had, you know, I've thought about sending it to Scotty to get it remilled and, and, you know, the pain redone on it, but I can't do it. The second one nightclubs in Taiwan. (laughs) (laughs) The, the The second one though, that I had, I had the same four wood in the bag. I probably had it in the bag for eight years. I had a Titleist. I had, I want to say it's a 904. I had it forever. I had a 904, 17 degree 904 with a Project X or a graphite design uh, YS6, the blue shaft. Mm-hmm. I had, I had, so my, my mix at the time, I had that in the 905R, but I had, I hit that, the, the 17 degree. I had to have hit it further than any three wood I've ever had to date. It, it was crazy. It was an absolute missile. It was just, you know, back when, you know, peering was really coming around and I got appeared. But the reason I, I, I took it out of the bag, obviously, because the head now, when I look at it, it's like the size of a golf ball. Um, but I caved the face in twice on it. Uh, so I sent it back wow. once. They sent it to me. And then I, I did it again. So I, I think I had it in the bag shit, uh, seven, eight years for sure. Wow. Um, yeah. And I couldn't take it out because I hit it so well. And it was one of those clubs that got me off every tee when I needed to get off one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I caved the face in twice. But that that was my my uh, my gem of a club, and obviously the putters stay in the bag forever. Yeah, three four was like the holy grail for some guys. You know what I mean? We talked about some like tour players, especially get it in the bag. They find something they like they just, they want to keep it. Um, yeah. Three woods in the last five years, the profiles have gone a lot more. Um, I actually they had a they went through a deep face trend, and then they're shallowing up a lot more with a larger back, like more CC and in uh in club head i size i guess is the best way to say it i will say just the one club that i uh that i had in my bag for a long time and i think i even played it till my first year with brock was a 905r with a v276 gram x stiff uh shaft um 905r to me is the the Zeus's hammer like that thing was unbelievable (laughs) the sound the shape the first 460 um sized head they made like uh, for me, I have yet to find something that I look down on and to get more confidence driving the golf ball. We talked about me struggling uh, driving a little, a little bit. Um, that definitely helped uh, that confidence, aspiring look. Nice pear shape. I got a question for Colin. Colin, what was the best you've ever seen me play? Better ball. Ontario well, better ball. Ontario yeah. junior better ball. What you was know, it we, in the bag? <laughs> 905, I guarantee it. 905R, it was yeah. honestly, and I'll say this, it was the best driving display of the golf ball I've ever seen. He I think still we drives s- it unbelievable. He still drives it great, but it, it was like top. I've never seen anything like it since. We, we were 61 that day. No, 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 no. We were 59. I shot 63. My bad. 
We were 59 that day. Jack was 63. And I think we took like two of my scores. <laughs> so well, I, I was I was six I was sixty three with a bogey. I bogeyed the first hole as a par five. Colin made eagle, and then I decided to carry the voice for a little while. I made I that was the only time in my career I've made seven straight feathers. This this is wrench talk. You're getting yourself hard here. <laughs> We're supposed to be talking about gear. No, but so I was coming back. That was We're not bringing up Tiger the, next or Jack's gonna have a full one. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was the 905R though. It's probably the best driver like ever. And to this day, still my buddy Trevor Parks got in the bag, still plays it. That's just um, good bag style. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. hot. Still hot. Still hot. All right. Uh we're gonna go into our message from this week from a oh, fan. Th- this is a full on segment now. Is that this what we're is doing? This a full-on segment message from a fan coming from Taylor. No last name. Straight Taylor. Um, his message is from Nick Taylor winning the Pro-Am. Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Clam this bake. week, Clambake. Crosby Clambake. Yeah. Do you believe that Canadians are finally making an impact on the PGA Tour? Okay. I'll chime in here. Sure. Um the thing I don't uh, well Taylor thanks one for writing to us that's great that we're getting some interaction I don't I don't like the 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 way it's phrased finally making an impact on tour some I think could argue that Canadians have making have been making a constant impact on tour I would say since our boy Weirzy won the Masters it's been you just like Tiger uh, transcended the game of golf on how um, lots of athletes are going to the game of golf. Um, it's picking the game of golf over other sports. Um, Weirzy kind of did that to Canadian golfers. You see, there's that age category that would have been watch, uh, growing up watching Weirzy win the Masters. Um, that age category has kind of been going through the ranks of the PGA Tour for the last few years now. And me personally, I follow or I favorite on the PGA Tour app the Canadians that are starting in the week. Uh, in the week. And Sometimes there's a significant amount of Canadians. I would say upwards to eight, nine. I think there's been 10 in a field at once. And if you're looking at a field of 166 players, I'm, that's like on the very high end, maybe 144. If there's 10 Canadians tipping it up, that's very significant given our population. Um, but let's um, let's not forget about the, the Corey Connors, the Mackenzie Hughes. These guys have all notched wins on the PGA Tour. And it might be a little bit... Uh, um, Sure, they might have been fall events or events that uh, not the top 50 players in the world are playing, but those are still PGA Tour events, and they haven't lost their card, um, and they continue to be an impact on tour each week. So that's where I stand on that. So my question, and obviously, like, big Canadian fan, Canadian golf fan, is what, what is considered an impact? You know, because, like, Nick Taylor winning this week, is it considered, like... Just a W, you know, even for hockey sakes, is it like a series win? Like <laughs> what, what considers like an actual impact? That's my question. So, so for me, I would say it's, you know, lately, I think, you know, with Taylor writing in, I think it's the W's we've gotten lately with, with Corey McKenzie and, and, and Nick now. Uh, but I, I think what really started to kind of transcend us. A Let's bit not forget about adding Adam Hadwin to winning at the last bar. So five, nine. Don't yeah, worry, five, I know nine. five nine for Adam. That's un- unbelievable. But uh, I, I was kind of I was gonna. Is agree. that an impact? 
So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think what really started it for golf was in Canada to put our name on the map. Obviously, there was a time with, you know, when we're after we're in Ames where it kind of Canada golf got a bit dry on the tour. But I would say it was uh, David Hearns, uh, Graham Delight, and Adam Hadwin. Those three really started to turn around for the boys here in Canada. Uh, I think at one time, all three of them were in the top 50 in the world. I remember, um, uh, yeah, I think, I can't remember uh, who, who David Hearn lost in the playoff of the John. It might have been Zach Johnson, the guy who wins there every year. Uh, <laughs> or Strix. It's one of the two. Like, just one, one, one of the two. But th- those three, I think, all together, they're, they're in the top 50 in the world. And I think that's what, I think, you know, put, put Canada golf back on the map. But I think, you know, I think golf, uh, Canada golf's in a, in a really good spot now. And now you see the talent coming out of Canada. Don't forget, it's also hard for us. We don't play golf all year round like those boys down in Florida. So. So it's, uh, you know, as we're, we're developing, you know, more of a, a winter golf uh, atmosphere in Canada, different things like get the simulators going, some indoor training facilities uh, for the for the junior golfers. And I, I think you'll continually see that pipeline come through with Canadians winning on tour. Yeah, I think I don't think we've made quite an impact yet. That's my take. I, okay. I, I think I think we're there in terms of like we've had a few guys win and I'm a big Canadian fan, but like one every year, you know, like maybe we'll get a we'll sneak in a W at an event that's not so great. But this week, you know, the AT&T big tournament, I think until we either get a two time winner or we get like one of those marquee events where the field is stacked and we got a lot of players who are playing. I think until that moment, people outside of Canada, outside of where we're from, aren't going to give Golf Canada and Canadian golf the respect that really is needed. That's my take. You know what? I appreciate that you took that angle on that, and you kind of you kind of convinced me a little bit. Maybe it'll yeah. take a major championship. Maybe it'll take a World Golf Championship. Um, yeah, I would. You know what? I would say that's making an impact on the golfing world as global scale, um, and hopefully that happens sooner than later because we have a good chance of hopefully a couple of the crop coming up uh, notching one. I love it. So, uh, Jack, you actually mentioned Zach Johnson, okay? And I was thinking this week, just randomly, I'd love to get your guys' take. I'm like, who would be like if you could combine? say driving, iron play, wedge play, short game, and putting, and you could put together the perfect golfer, who would it be? Okay, I'm going to give you my take, and then let oh. me know if you agree or disagree. I might. This changes, well, the by, the, this changes by the week. Um, <laughs> on the spot, okay? So for me, driving, Rory. Rory McIlroy, irons, New number Tiger. one player in the world. You didn't say fairway wood player. I didn't say fairway wood player. Okay. Yeah. We'll leave it out. We're going to leave it out. Driver, Rory, iron play, tiger, wedge play, Zach Johnson. Short game, that's around the greens. Phil, putting, Spieth. I don't hate it. I mean, I don't love Spieth, but I'll accept it. <laughs> so, okay. okay I'll, I'll, give go her, you go for, I'll give a couple. I don't. I don't think I'm willing to disclose all five of mine, but I'm willing, okay. But I'm willing to chime in. So, so can I can I split it out? Um, can I go like driving and you know fairway woods like as well? Can I split that out? 
Let's no. give him no. Okay. Let's I'm going to go no. I, <laughs> I'm going overall. No. I'm no. going driving. I'm taking Dustin Johnson. I, I like DJ. He, and, and most players on tour will say DJ in that category. Yep. I, and I, I say DJ not just because he hits the ball so far, but how straight he hits it. And he, he works it both ways, and it, it's crazy to watch uh, just the sound he makes. Iron play, it's Tiger all day. No one touches him. Wedges, I'm going to go a bit different. I Wedge, I like Phil. I like Phil with the wedge. Apart from today at, at the at and I think he almost hosel rocketed okay. one there. <laughs> Phil but circa I, 2008 and six or Phil now? Like that's a huge yes. discrepancy. Well, here. You, I, I think you go overall. I career, also like, said the years backwards. I meant 2006 <laughs> to 2008. Okay. I like Phil. 2008 to 97. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I'm going to go, I, I'm going to flip flop you though. I'm going to go Phil with a wedge. We call it, call it a hundred and in. I'm going to give it to Phil. I want around the greens. I'm going to take speed. I like speed around the, like, he holds a Spieth ton is of unbelievable around the greens. Underrated because oh. he's such a good putter. Yes, un- unbelievable. And then putting. I yeah, I I like Strix. I gotta go Strix with the putter. Strix. I love Stricker. He's I'm upset about mess. this pick. Okay, <laughs> I w- I will say I have two comments, and you know what? I have the easy position because you guys already voiced your opinion. You know what I mean, I'm like the rebuttal guy. I will agree. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make a little game of this as each podcast goes. I'm going to reveal my my selections. I will, I will agree with one of you guys on who drives the best in the world. I would take their driving game or wood game. I'm not going to say who. Uh, iron game. Um, we're a ty- we're a called Sunday Red podcast. That guy is iron play, working it both ways, hitting that same number with both draw and fade and high and low. Yeah, sign me up. Wedge game. In his prime, I'm taking Strix, like, in a weird way. He he was a magician out there from, like, 80 yards to, like, let's say 130. That little simple um, no wrist hinge through the back and just hitting the ball with his chest. He was phenomenal. Those, like, little thin, uh, thin divots, like, just bang on every time. I'm not going to disclose my short game around the greens yet. And uh, I'm going to disagree with you both as far as the flat stick. I'm taking the most clutch putter of all time. I'm taking Tiger in that category as well. Um, I love and that. I, I think that's an easy out. But I love I'm that. taking the yep. easy way today, baby. Okay, so, so I, I didn't know if we were allowed to use the same player for two different parts of the game. The rules weren't disclosed. I'd like to go upstairs and get an official. I'm going to make a change. No, so, not yet. Well, you can make a change next month. No podcast. change. You got no, no, I'm going. I'm no changing. Change. I'm changing the putter. I'm going the putter and going whitey. People haven't seen that guy play. <laughs> I'll take Whitey too. Well, I will take him you know, over any guy in the PGA okay. Tour. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make a thing today. Are we okay with that segment, Simo? Uh, I'm gonna segue not into our next segment, but I'm gonna throw in a quick Whitey story, less than 30 seconds, because I want, I've wanted to get this one on the podcast, and it, it's pretty simple. And I'm, he's just telling me the story because I was already graduated by this point. He's like, man, it is unbelievable the difference between the guys' team and the girls' team. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, when they're on the course. I'm like, well, you're going to have to explain yourself a little bit further. He's like, I when I'm talking to the guys' team on the course, it's like, oh, what are you at? They're like, oh, I three-putted three. I hit an iron shot on four, spun a little too much off the green, didn't make up and down, birdied 
five birdied in. He's like, okay, like gets a nice in-depth uh, view on the game. He's like talking to the girls team. He's like, well, how's your round going? She's like, it's going well. I only, cr- I only cried twice today. <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> Like, uh, so it just tells you the different mindset when, like, when they're on the grinding way of tournament golf. Like, that's awesome, man. I love that. I love that. So I've got a couple requests. Uh, a few, a few of my buddies that are listening. They want, they want, they want to meet Whitey, and they want him on the pod. So. Oh man, do you think Whitey's listening to an episode? There's no chance. Eh? He's way oh, yeah. above us. <laughs> yeah. I, I want him. I said it to him. Did you? Yeah. Okay, I got. Yeah, maybe I'll get on him about that. I want. I want him to send in some fan mail. He'd be unbelievable, man. Send in some fan mail. And speaking of fan mail, if you want Whitey to critique your swing, to critique your putting, chipping, send in a video, sundayredpodcast at gmail.com. Whitey is available, and he will do it. But fair warning, (laughs) he will be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very honest. Sometimes it hurts. Let's continue on. So uh, Beach Chicken of the Week, who we got this week? I mean, to me, it's dead clear. I don't know who's going to be picked, but I may be upset if it's not the guy. Who is it? You know what? You caught me off guard there. I was mid-sip. But um, <laughs> I'm not going to go on what you guys messaged me this week. I'm not going in that route. I'll shut it down right away. I'm going to go into a different route. And also, I want to include you guys in this week's beach chicken. And everyone can kind of relate. Um, but my beach chicken this week is, and I had to minimize the conversation to read my phone here, Ryan Brem. You guys ever heard of him? No. No clue. Okay. Gibber, no clue. And, no. and unfortunately, neither did I. But um, <laughs> heading, in, heading into Sunday at the Pro-Am this week, um, he was five deep um, through three rounds. So made the cut in a healthy number. Um, just to let you guys know, five deep finished inside the top 20 for this week. Uh, unfortunately, our boy Ryan went on to fire. I'll go through his round very quickly here. Um, double triple par par beautiful recovery bogey fires back with a birdie par 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 to close out a 41 on the front okay we're doing all right hold on stopping <laughs> the bleeding a little put applying pressure to the, the cut bogey 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 par par double par quad to close out the event at 46 or sorry 41 46 for an 87 unfortunately Finished dead last for guys that made the cut. And a guy like that, I don't know how much the purse is for a guy that finishes top 20, but he's probably looking for those dollars. Uh, and unfortunately, our beach chicken this week was Ryan. Just completely, oh, I don't even know. There's not even words to describe. I feel your pain. So going back, I want to read you a scorecard. And I gonna, want This the, is going to hurt me. I want the audience to respond. If this should have been beach chicken of the week. Okay. We're just going to read it. Bogey, double, bogey, par, double, bogey, 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 par, feather, bogey, 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 WD. Classic definition of a beach chicken. Playing Playing a pro am plays 14 holes and decides to walk off the golf course in the second round and ruins his AMS day. 
Unless unless it's like Happy Gilmore and Bob Barker, and they got in a fight, and we're rolling down the side of the hill. There, there's no excuse to walk off the golf course in a pro am. What's like I have to w- mention in a WWE event when like you're playing a team <laughs> match, you get stuck in Buddy's corner there, and he's holding you, and the ref just lets his teammate wail on you. This is what it's like. You guys are just passing this. Go ahead. I can't wait to I get want, loose, baby. I want you to realize that I think about 20 years ago. This gentleman shot the course record at Pebble Beach. Oh, a smooth, weird. A smooth 6-2. You think but that about, deserves respect? About 20 years later, it does deserve respect. But 14 holes in, he was a smooth 6-9. Oh, that's a tough look. That's a tough look. Great 69. He might not have broke 90. And I, I truthfully think that's why he walked off the golf course. My question was, what does the amateur do? Like, the amateur's paying good money to be in there <laughs> not all of them well some there was somebody's paying for them to be there like there's yeah. a certain few that are getting invited if you're, if you're but, playing with david duvall in 2020 you're paying you're paying oh you just to be there. <laughs> you just gave away his name one so no one well i guess you could have tried to guess it but okay that david for, for duvall, me, no we're, let me let, let me i'm, I'm cutting you uh, out here yeah, Reason know, I'm fine. Playing, you know sure he was a number one player in the world uh at one point but for me, he has to be the beat chicken because if you want to be a professional, you want to call yourself a professional, I don't care what's going on. You finish that round of golf, especially when you bring in an amateur. You have okay. to you have to respect the game. And I don't care, even if you know I saw online something citing an elbow injury, that elbow injury, if that was present after round one, he would drop round one. And then you get that amateur paired up. Some I don't care if they gotta have a walker play with them. But you you don't go play 14 holes on Friday and then oh I'm gonna WD because I'm not gonna break I'm not gonna break three digits here. You gotta finish that golf tournament. <laughs> Bring in the guy from the Masters that's like the pacer that fires like 72 yeah. every year. What's that guy's <laughs> name? We need to get that guy on uh, somehow, oh. some way. Yeah, we, first we'll talk, guest. We'll talk to our manager. Um, okay, I have I'll keep this very brief. Um, David Duvall, obviously former number one player in the world. He has also shot 59, which you were jumping for joy with the Adam Hadwin talk. You don't talk about David Duvall to win on a Sunday his 59, and he needed one by one or two, I believe, that day. Um, we're talking about one of the best uh, analysts on the Golf Channel has ever seen. I love listening to his opinion, um, and he's willing to go after Brandel Chambly when he thinks Shambly's getting out of line with whatever kind, whatever he gets out of line with, whatever he says, really. Um, and, and like anything that he comes is, up. he is a refreshing take on the golf channel. The guy got asked to play in an event. He played in it. Um, I, I do agree with Gibber that you finish that round with four holes to go post your score. Who cares? No one cares. Really. I promise you that. Um, it's better if you post, um, but it's just like the weirdy thing. We got to come back to it. David Duvall. I love David Duvall, man. He's awesome. And he does a great job in his new career. And maybe he should just stick with his new career, right? I don't know. <laughs> well, all I, I didn't well, want I that to be a joke. I, I don't just... mind that he took a spot in the field. I, I think he, he has earned that spot in the field by, you know, obviously he's exempt into this, you know, because he was number one player in the world. He, he's he won, obviously, a ton of golf tournaments. But there's no excuse to walk off the golf course. Okay. We'll no, keep it there. I, I don't think there's an excuse to play the tournament, 
but that's a different conversation. <laughs> hey, we'll have that another day. We'll have, have that, that once day. we once we'll have we'll, we'll have that conversation once we're done recording today, maybe. No doubt. So uh, speaking of Phil, I mean, this was the pick this week for Phil. Um, what I want to kind of lean into is a couple weeks ago there was a big talk of the new tour out there, the Premier Golf League. What do you guys think of it? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Let's let's lead off with Jacko here. So thank you. The the yeah. <laughs> so so first off, they think they're gonna you know be rivaling the the PGA Tour and the Euro Tour right away. To me, this sounds like all they're trying to do is you know be be the World Golf Championship events, but instead of having fifty players, they have forty eight and making the purse a little bit bigger. Um, they're they're talking about having the purse to be you know uh, ten ten million in an event. Okay, sure, guys will probably go, but how feasible is that? If the PGA Tour is not paying ten million event and the the viewership they have and and, and you know the the crowds they get on site, I I think that is you know ten ten million event it's not going to happen. I think they're saying it's there. There's like the Rain Group and you know someone from Barclays and the the Saudi Golf Federation are backing it. But it can it can only go so far, and it, what they're talking about, they want 48 elite players, and you know, they, they the only thing I agree with is they've came on and said to get this to work, they need Tiger and Rory, the two people to make the needle move in both continents, right? So, yeah. uh, I could virtually guarantee you, I, I I don't think Tiger's gonna do it. I don't think he would play in something relatively new like this. Um, I think they went. I was reading a couple of things, and what I what I saw is, you know, Phil and and Ernie are supporting it, um, or they they've made comments saying it would be good, because um, there's they're they're mixing in like a team style format. So I don't know if you'd have like a team tailor made, a team titleist, a team Cobra, what have you. Um, it's like a Formula One. Um, but all I see is why not have mix that into the the WGCs, and and there you go, you're you're at the exact same result. Um, I, I just think. I I don't know how you can combat the the PGA Tour and the Euro Tour then because you look at all the other tours we have we have PGA Tour Latin America we have PGA Tour Canada we have uh, you know the Corn Ferry Tour we have all these tours how how is this someone just gonna come and say oh we're gonna have uh, 48 of the most elite players come in and plan this tour but we're only gonna do 54 whole events I think the 54 whole events that's a no go for me but I. I, I don't know how that's going to work. And I also don't think the 10 million events going to last too long. Like, unless you're going to ha- have unbelievable viewership right from, right from the get go and sponsors, uh, sponsors willing to pay the 10 million in events, not going to work. I have a very, very brief few things to say. And I agree with like, um, in order to get this thing going at all, you need the best players in the world committing. And I, like you said, Phil's on board or whatever, but would Phil even be, at that point, top 48 players in the world, I would say no. He might be top five uh, people, golfers, no, but he's not the best play, one of the top five players in the world anymore. Um, for me, this is like kind of just a developing story right now. It's just, I haven't read enough into it. I, I, I've i only heard about it a couple times. There's a lot of things that they would need to iron out before it ever came to fruition. But like, just logistically, if you look at these big purses and it's only 54 holes in the event, where are all the ticket sales coming from? You you look over and over again, the biggest uh, the biggest uh, profiting uh, tournaments are on 
United States golf courses for the most part other than like the Open Championship. And uh, they're on big, big ballparks where you can put big grandstands and fit in. Uh, like we talked about the waste management, getting that many thousands of people through the doors. That's what makes you money. Um, so I just don't see logistically, I mean, maybe it could work, but I don't know enough about it to comment, unfortunately, or not. So I, I wrote down a whole pile of stuff on this. So too. Oh, that's perfect. They, they, I had zero. The other thing I thought was ridiculous is they want to do a shotgun start. I couldn't watch that on TV. You know what I mean? No. The, the best part is like of watching golf is like, the, I mean, look at the, ma- I mean, the Masters isn't going anywhere, but like when everyone knows that tournament, you look at like 13 and 15, those are the ultimate buildup, sorry, even 16 in there, the ultimate buildup holes, because you know, um, you have a horse in the race, say if he's even four back, uh, we know that eagles can be made and birdies can be made on that back nine. You, if you have a horse that's within top 10, like the back nine of Augusta, it's so well talked about, I don't even have to say it, but your guy's not out of it. And we see it year year in, year out. And um, that's what spectating golf should be. And a shotgun start, you'll never accomplish that. Ever. No, well, in a shotgun, I don't think any guy in tour would do that. Because, sorry, I keep burping. I'm drinking. <laughs> you can't say that, can you? Can you? I guess so. No, I, no, I have soda water. Um, but uh, the shotgun start, no guy in tour is going to go for it because when you, you look at a golf course, it's meant to be played from one through 18 and guys will build momentum as they play. And, you know, some people might are, are traditional slow starters. So if you get out there and, you know, call it, you're starting on 13, 13, 14, 15, or your scoring holes, if you're out there and you're a slow starter and you're getting into your round, you've just missed the scoring holes, right? You know, you have the ebbs and flows of your round and, you know, most players you know, as we're going through, obviously you would love to peak on every hole, but you, you plan out your round and, and, you know, you want to make sure when you get to those marquee scoring holes that you're going to make a birdie, right? You're going to be hitting in the right spots. If you're starting on a scoring hole, okay, maybe you get out of the gates with one, but sometimes rounds get off to a shaky start. So no, no one on tour is going to want to go with a shotgun start. And I think that's just complete Bush league. I think it's healthy actually to relate to Augusta national because most people know that course is the repetition of play. They, um, some golf founds know that layout very well. I also think going forward, call maybe we should take one or two holes an episode and break it down up leading up to the Masters because uh, they all have their individual names, they all have like their own that. history. I may it could be a minute long, it could be five minutes long, doesn't matter. I think we should like let's start building up to Gus National here soon. I mean, like, there's it's there's still a long time to it, but it's it, it would be a nice build up. Yeah, I look at the Premier Golf League very similar to the XFL. <laughs> I was going to actually to say that. I'm like, is that, I don't even know I if would, that's accurate. But the XFL yeah, is back. Awesome. The XFL is back, but I look at the X. I look at this as like kind of like the XFL early years, where they got something. I don't know if they figured it out, but I do think it makes the PGA Tour start to think of how they can innovate. And for me, that's a like I love that. Anything mm-hmm. that makes the PGA Tour start to realize, okay, we got to change things up. They may be stealing, you know, a top 45 player in the world in Phil Mickelson at the time, but he moves the needle on a lot of events. He's probably the second most popular player in the world. And I think when you start to take people like that, although hate shotgun starts, don't like 54 holes, um, it starts to make the PGA tour think, and I think it makes golf better. Yeah, I'm down for that. I like 
look healthy competition. Uh, yeah, I, I don't hate the that take for sure. Yeah. I, I'm I'm all about making you know wanting to make the PGA Tour think, but I I don't like that they're coming out and say we're going to rival the PGA Tour and and the Euro Tour and we're going to attract the the top 48 players in the world or 48 elite players, you know. Let's start slow, like you know, maybe maybe say, okay, we're gonna try to get forty-eight of the top hundred, right? <laughs> or the, the they, top two hundred. Would they make a splash if they didn't come out with a statement like that? What if you shoot that high, get That's people right. talking about it, and then like water it down from there, or just start it watered down and trying to excel? It's really tough, right? So there's what marketing if, there too. And what if they do get the top forty-eight players? The, the only way they're getting the top forty-eight players if they can legitimately come out with the ten million dollar purse. Yeah, then okay. I'm sure Brooks Koepka will go play for the 10 mil. Um, Everyone I, picks I'm on not... Brooks, eh? Pardon? Everyone I picks like, on yeah, Brooks. I like him. I World like number him. two. I know how it roars. Yeah, we called that. Well, one, we maybe. didn't call it. It was inevitable, but we still yeah. kind of Ske- called it. Sketchy number one, but yeah. Well, you mean like he got? Uh, whoa. <laughs> 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 Not sketchy. It's it's one of those ones. Brooks hasn't played a ton this year, right? So he hasn't, he's injured. He hasn't he's earned injured. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I find the start it. of the year Go number one. Win a major to earn it. That's what you're saying. I like that. Yes. We got a lot of. I didn't realize how many friends of mine are Rory McIlroy fans. Holy smoke! We say one thing about his wedge game, and everyone's getting their panties in a bunch. I'm like, relax, guys. If his wedge game was dialed in, he'd be winning every week. So come at me. <laughs> Speaking of wedge game. You kind of brought it up with your little 48-degree wedge from uh, the Dominican there. What wedges do you think people should have in their bag? Oh, yeah. In terms of degrees. This, Yeah, this is like this is almost a good good continuation on of uh, wrench talk here. Um, me, personally, I like – I'm going to include the pitching wedge in my wedge set because it's, it's, it's considered a wedge in my mind. Um, yeah. I carry three wedges. I have my 49-degree. I have a 54 and I have a 59 and that's how I like gapping. The more, <laughs> the more wedges you bring into play, I understand you can make a full swing on more shots, but I need to play with that feel and flight of my wedges. And the more options I have, the more I lose my craft. Um, and I think even around the greens, you can work with grinds and stuff now that you can open it up or close it down a little bit to, to find those gaps. I think depending on handicap, Obviously, there's a whole whack of different, um, uh, sorry, different wedge setups or wedge staggering on tour. Some guys play four, some guys play three. Um, they're the best player in the players in the world. In this case, I'm not going to tell them how they want to uh, use their wedges. Um, but as far as amateurs go, or pe- like let's say juniors learning to grow, uh, learning the game, I think a pitching wedge and a 56 degree is more than enough. I would argue I just give them a pitching wedge and let them be creative around the greens. Let them learn all the shots. Look at Seve. I'm pretty sure he just grew up playing with like a seven or a five iron. Look how that guy was a wizard around the greens. That's what gives you your creativity. If you like get by the greens and you're just pulling 60 every time, just kind of flopping on the green, um, it doesn't build you into an all-around player. So I think there needs to be different angles to be learned there, opening it up, hitting different bunker shots. Um, as far as good amateurs go, I mean, carry four, you know what I mean? If you want to gap it correctly, all pitching wedges are different uh, degrees. Now, some of the set pitching wedges, we just talked about those AP1s, the actual one that said P on it. Who knows what degree that thing was? It could have been, like, I'm guessing it's a 42. I don't even know. Um, (laughs) But 
then yeah, you would need that. Then you would need the 47 degree pitching wedge in your set, which is, it just blows me away. I don't even get it. And then, yeah, you'd have to have a second gap wedge before your sand wedge if you want to do it correctly. Like you can have five wedges in the bag now. And I just learned that today. So <laughs> five wedges <laughs> and no long arms. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. What's your longest, what's your longest club in your bag? It's a seven iron, but it's 19 degrees. <laughs> um, no. So I think there's different options depending on how good of a player you are and, uh, and uh, how creative you are on the greens. But I love to see juniors with, Give them a nine iron, let them go. And then uh, as they become a little bit more developed, then you can start. I'm talking about juniors, like really young, just starting off. Sorry. Then they can, uh, you can start building their wedge setup through gapping and fitting after that. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say when you're, you're just getting into the game, like you said, um, pitching wedge in a 56 is, is more than enough. I'd say even, you know, call it a, bold call here a 12 and under that's probably all they need like a 12 handicap and or, or an over sorry uh all you need is a pitching wedge in, in in a 56 and that that's more than enough as you get more into the game uh like given a you know wedges are expensive too right so uh but i would say your your traditional setup that you would see in most you know people making the the transition to you know decent amateur golf would be from a pitching wedge to a 52, 56, 60, which is, is, is your most common. I, that's what I've dabbled with my entire life playing. I'll, I'll switch back and forth depending on the track. If I, if I need an extra long, iron, put the driving iron in the bag, I'll go with a 54 and a 60, uh, as opposed to the 52, 56. So I always, you know, I keep it in the car just, you know, if I get to a, a course is a bit long and I think I'm going to need, you know, you call it the, the driving iron or, or I'll throw a hybrid in the bag every once in a while. Um, but then I'll mix in the other one. But I, typically, anywhere I play, I'll be 52, 56, 60. I'm not going to lie. I just played with like a 56 all around everywhere today around that course. And I didn't mind. I had to get a little bit creative. Full sole, too. Like a, it was an FRS grind on the Vogue. And uh, there's different shots I had to play, like kind of bouncing in the hills, uh, do some different things. And I had fun doing it. So I, I think well, that, that's also the way I practice, too, right? If, well, in the event I ever do practice anymore. I'll hit a ton of different shots with a variety of different wedges. Like I'll, I'll drop, you know, 20 balls in this location, 20 balls in that location. And I'll try to get into the same pin hitting three different wedges. I'll use yeah. the 52, the 56 and the 60. Um, if, if I can mix a pitching wedge in there, I'll do that too. It just teaches you to be a bit more creative. Cause then when you get one of those spots where you, you say, Oh, I've hit this shot before, you know, it's, you know, it, it's in muscle memory. Uh, it's elbow creativity, you know, a nice, uh, a short game, uh, facility to practice on is probably the most underrated spot when you're, you're picking a golf course to, to join or even to, to you know, go hit balls. I always look to who, who's got the best short game area. Uh, it's, you know, bunkers, different mounting, uh, greens, uh, shorter shots, longer shots. Um, that, that's most important for me. I think people don't use enough of their golf clubs within their short game. So you're going I, I think that, I think that the more, the more options you have around the greens, the better. I think if you kind of go in where you're using the, the 56 and 60 all the time, I think there's some points to like a really good golfer using that. But I think the everyday golfer, the simpler the swing, it's all about contact. I think if you can learn to utilize a pitching wedge, a 52, a 56, and a 60, and realize that like the same swing will generate a different shot, 
around the greens, I think that there's massive benefits into using multiple wedges around a green. So we're kind of arguing the same thing, but a yes. different approach to it. Yes. Which 100%. I, which I like. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about, I mean, every, I mean, since I was a junior, even my first lessons or first time a, a real golfers talk to me, you try and get the ball on the ground fairly early. Right. And the only way mm-hmm. to do that, uh, the, or sorry, the most effective way to do that is play with a loss. So yep. I will agree with you in saying that. And I would even include, um, let's like, we can go down to even seven iron with as far yep. as controlling the loft, getting the ball on the ground, um, really using the ground to your advantage. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've all played with, uh, guys that struggle with the chipping a little bit, um, where, <laughs> where, <laughs> where you get the thins and the thicks a little bit and you're just sitting there and you're like, Oh, I don't know if this guy's ever going to get on the green here, but, um, <laughs> I've had a few of my buddies. I, I migrate to the Texas wedge in the traps. Man, it's hard to be polite sometimes. Like, no, sorry, I shouldn't say that. It's easy to be polite, but you're trying. You can't even help them out. You know what I mean? No. Just like a little seizure at the ball. You're like, no. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it it would it, it's a advantageous. So say one day you're not feeling comfortable with the shot, you can use a, like a lower loft or a higher loft depending on the situation, and. Um, still hit a good shot and get up and down. So I definitely agree with what you're saying, Call. You're just going a different way about it. Do, do you feel like around the greens, most, and when you terms up, when I say most, I'll say amateurs, okay, uh, get too handsy. They don't actually move their body like they would a full shot because I think around the greens, the more you can kind of get that motion in and move your, your lower body into the shot, I think it kind of takes out those hands. I think people get so handsy around the greens. I would argue for amateurs that um, that it's a it's a transfer from their full golf swing as well. You really want to hit the golf ball with moving your chest and getting that club moving yeah. in front of your chest. That's what I'm talking and about. With that short game, I mean, you look at the best in the world. One that pops to me uh, into my head right away is Jason Day, how he plays his short game shots. There's no, like, sorry, the opposite of no room for air. He's got all the room for air in the world. Um, as far as hitting those pitch shots with his chest, no hinge with the, the, the backswing. So if there's any, anyone out there struggling with like, let's say tight area chips or even out of like deeper rough, how to use the balance stuff, take a couple of uh, looks at Jason Day's, uh, pitching techniques on like YouTube or whatever, just Google it. And there's a lot to be learned from that guy. I agree. I think he's awesome. He's very, very simple uh, in, his, in his motion. What, what I think a lot, a lot of people, you know, the AMs, though, they they take a, too large of a swing when they're around the green, and they're taking a big swing and just deselling. Uh, and I, I find I whenever I talk to you know people, you know, how, you know, how do you hit those little chip shots? And I was like, well, my the it's a shorter swing. It's more compact, right? I'm still aggressive with it, though. I'm not taking a big swing and just getting the ball and just trying to feather it. Right, I'm being aggressive with it, but it's a shorter swing. No doubt. All right, fellas. Uh, Genesis Invitational this week. Tiger's plan on a course that he mentioned he actually loves, Riviera Country Club, but never plays well. Jackson's never, gonna have some I'm, opinions. If I'm not mistaken, has never won there. Never won there. He Played does his, not play well. 
played his first PGA Tour event there. Yeah, I'm yeah, so maybe Jack you're taking Lines my there, thunder here, Rick. I, I, and I, and unfortunately, <laughs> I was guessing. I just remember that video, like, welcome to Riviera. This is my segment. Yeah, my mistake. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, so like you said, this is the site of Tiger's first ever PGA Tour event in 1992 as a 16-year-old high school sophomore. Yeah, so he was an amateur, 16 years old. It was the Nissan Los Angeles Open at Riviera. Uh, so, yeah, like like he says, he loves the, the way the course looks, but he just doesn't play well. He's played in this event 12 times, never got into the winner's circle. Been in the top 20, I think, you know, call it 11 or 10, 10 out of 12 times. He, he's he's kind of always, he's there, but he just hasn't been able to find it. Um, well, the one thing I, I thought was really cool is he played the first one in 92, but the year before he tried to Monday qualify as a 15 year old shot seven under and missed by three to qualify. Well, <laughs> the, where was the qualifier? Like, oh, no, it wasn't Monday Mon- qualifier. Wouldn't have Monday been there. Qualifiers at Riviera. And they, so it was for one spot and someone shot that low. Must be, yeah, t- 10 under. Because it says, yeah, like I was reading the article. And uh, uh-huh. so, yeah, you got be- yeah, the Monday qualifier and shot, shot seven under and missed. That is a really cool fact that I had yeah. no idea about. At, at 15 years old with a bunch of tour pros, right? Um, but like you said, hasn't been kind to Tiger. Hasn't won in 12 starts. Uh, this is the one that I, I think because is where he made his debut, he wants a W at Riviera. He wants it bad, uh, but he just hasn't had it. Um, you know, it, it should suit his eye too. It, it's a it's a cutter's golf course. It, it, it should, this golf course, Tiger should win here every time. So, is that your pick? Oh, I'm taking. You know, Tiger's in the field. He's my pick, it, hands down. He's already on my DraftKings ticket. He is. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Who else? Who else is on your DraftKings ticket? Oh, nice. Go right into it. Picks already. We're going right in. All right, I'll put him down for you. I think you're gonna like him this week, Ricks. So last week, I'm 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 a slow start to the picks this year, but I'm building. Last week was a a decent week. Good showing. Overall, unreal picks from the boys here. I think that uh, very good. You just need someone to. Yeah, you just need really good. Is it called sifting when you're looking for gold? Just sift the, yes. through our picks because there's gold in there. Yes. So my picks, obviously, I'm going with T-Dub. Uh, I, you know, I'm saying he's he's not making it 13 years with no W at the Genesis or at Riviera. <laughs> you know, this is lucky number 13 for him. Pick number two, I'm going with Paul Casey. I, I like Paul Casey's wow. game. I, I like it. You know, I'm, I'm a big Paul Casey guy. Uh, then I'm going uh, Charles Howell. Justin Rose, Charles Howell the third, Charles Howell the third, Tiger's buddy. I'll Chucky. let him finish second. I'll let him finish second. That's okay. Uh, great value pick. Uh, yeah, Justin Rose, Adam Scott. Then uh, Rick's Adam boy Scott pick. always plays well here. Yes, he does. At Riviera. He does always. Then my, my last one, uh, Rick's buddy, Denny McCarthy. Denny, yeah, McCarthy. I like that. Make a machine wow. for sixty six hundred on the DraftKings ticket. Can't beat it. Yeah. Okay. I have a couple things to say. Um, I'm going to keep this very brief because I actually have to go on a couple minutes here, Massimo. So, um, and whatever, you can keep that. It's fine. Uh, Riviera, what an unbelievable golf course. Um, I don't think it's underrated because every PGA Tour uh, player talks about how much they love it, but what a history it has to it. It's one of the golf courses that's remained um, a stop that every, every PGA Tour player wants to make on that West Coast swing, which I love. Um, it's got a great history. It's in the, the hollow, close to the Hollywood Hills, like near LA, of course. Um, 
I love watching this event on TV year in, year out. Um, it's weird. I, I have a quick question, Giver. I'm going to go back to you. Why hasn't Tiger won at Riviera? What's holding him back? I don't I don't know if it's proximity to, to his home. Like he was born in Cyprus, which is just just around the corner. I always you know remember growing up and trying to win a tournament on my home track. It was I find it was always really hard. I think this one making his debut sometime. I don't know if it's one of those ones you know snake bitten on, but it suits your eye and you you know you put so much pressure on yourself to get out there and when they even you know the the goat squeezing it a bit too hard out there maybe. But uh, I, I think uh, I, I think this is his week, though. I think this is the year. Okay, I'll continue, <laughs> I'll continue on here because uh, I don't. I really don't have picks, and I'll explain that in a second. But number ten has to be one of the coolest holes to watch on TV all year. Drivable par four. The, yeah. It brings in two. It brings in. I've seen sevens. I think I yeah seen sevens on that hole. Guys going back and forth in the bunkers. Awesome hole. There need awesome hole. There needs to be more holes like that on the PGA Tour. Um, uh, I don't have. My DraftKings, unfortunately, because uh, I'm in a different country, some countries do not allow you to submit a DraftKings ticket. I don't know why, um, and some states in the United States, I should say. Um, but it's something Just I go with your favorite. to figure out. So I'm going to go with my favorite and someone, actually, I can say my favorite, who I think is going to win. And I think I have two guys that I think are going to play very well. And I want to say one that's going to struggle that might be somewhat surprising. I'm not 100% sure. But my winner this week, and who knows, haven't done any research, but it's, it's Patrick Cantley. I'm going to go back to him because I think he played fairly well at AT&T Pro-Am. Um, and I enjoy his game. I talked about it already on the previous podcast. So he's up there for me. I hate this guy, the next guy, sorry. Um, but I, I want to even say he's defending champion. That's how much I eliminate him from my memories. J.B. Holmes. That guy's been very hot on the, on the tour. He's playing some very good golf. He's one of those guys, if he gets the driver going, the game becomes very easy, eliminating that left side of the golf course, and he gets hot with a putter. I think he's going to be in the mix this week as well. And I forgot my third. <laughs> uh, sorry, Adam Scott was my third. Sorry. I always like him at uh, Riviera. He always kind of has somewhat sluggish starts to the year. And then it seems like Riviera is always where he picks it up. I don't know why. I have it stuck in my head. Maybe he's done it a couple times, but he always plays well here. And I like his chances to be within the top 10 this uh this week and this might be very surprising because he, he's very high ranked in the world but i think justin thomas is going to struggle a bit this week wow yes and is that just a gut feeling or do you know a little inside take absolutely zero inside take but i hope he struggles and 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 i i i just yeah he was when he says he's a little bit off um, in a week, and he somewhat plays well. If he comes to Riviera a little bit off, he's not going to be having a good week like he did at the Waste Management. So that's the hunch I'm kind of going off of. Whether it's right or wrong, I'm not even sure. Um, but that's uh, those are my takes or my picks. Love it. All right, okay. well, Simo, uh... I'm actually looking forward to you talking right now. I and I'm not going to leave like you did to Gibber. Gibber starts talking. Simo asks him the question, just leaves the room for like, I don't know, 45 <laughs> seconds. And I was here. Back, I dropped something. Didn't hear a word he said. And then just like flows right back into things. I'm like, wow, that's Quickly. kind of impressive. But yeah, it was quick, but it was impressive. Okay. I'm not going to leave. I'm sticking to my seat. All right. I'm going to pick three guys I like, and I'm going to pick my winner. Okay. I love it. All right. And one guy uh, that's going to play bad. Just throw his name out. Who cares? But Okay. Okay. I like uh, that. Guy guy I think who's going to play bad is Phil Mickelson. 
<laughs> That's your, like your go-to guy, guy that you just say, this guy's not playing well. He's struggling. He had his chance. MC. Three guys I like. No. Nick Taylor coming off the W. Uh, I just think when you plan that well, I just think it flows in. Do I think he's going to win? No. Do I see a top 30? Yes. Okay. Next guy, uh, Abraham Answer. Very good player. Nice player. A little bit of a sneaky player. Kind of goes like a little inside over the top. Any uh, of our listeners just loaded up on Abraham Answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Hopefully, Abraham yeah, Answer. Hopefully the Bushwig, uh, Bushwig, Bushwood CC fantasy don't don't listen to this right away when it drops because you know who's gonna be like eighty percent owned in that thing. <laughs> Probably a low pick, like low price. Next third guy, you guys are gonna absolutely fucking hate this pick. Let me guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess on this one. Yeah. This is this could be thirty players on tour for me. I have two people that I think you're you're going with on this one. I'm going with Bryson or Bubba. If he's going with Bubba, you could see it in his eyes. Yeah, I think that was who I think. I think it's Bubba. Yeah, it's Bubba. I'm going with Bryson. Oh, oh. It's Bryson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm signing off. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Other than the fact that I hate that it's a smaller field. I wish Riviera was still a full field. I love it. And my winner, my pick this week. Coming off a tough loss. I think he comes back strong. He finally gets that W he's looking for. He deserves it. Well-liked guy. Hits it far. Tony, Tony Finau, Finau, you are Finau, my baby. pick of the week. Oh, that means that means good things for Tony Finau. It really does. And I'm cheering. I'll be cheering for him. Yeah. I, that's a good take. I like those picks, Colin. He, he, yeah. I, I still think they, they only have a chance of finishing second, so... We'll go from there. <laughs> he picked Bryson. Oh my good. god, I can't. I'm gonna be following Bryson's every shot. That makes <laughs> you me know what? Cute. I don't like Bryson. I think people know that from no the Sunday Red podcast. Like you guys hate him, but I'm trying to be objective here, and uh, we're keeping our picks strong. Like our picks are are hot. I think if yeah. people dissect our picks and throw a couple hundo on a few different versions on DraftKings or FanDuel, I think that uh, you can make a decent amount of money this week. And that kind of blows me away because I never thought that we'd be good pickers. Well, I didn't know you, Simo, from before, but we've pieced together some decent ones. I'm not going to lie. I'm proud. I didn't either. Okay. I love it. All right. uh, The way we end the show here is we're going to do our review of the day, uh, which is going to end the show. Kari, I think you got a review of the day, right? Oh, I no, I don't have nothing in front of me. I, I got, sorry, I, I got Kari's <laughs> review of the day. We we both talked about it. So, yeah. so this one we're going with KT Hearts zero zero zero. So, love <laughs> well, the name first just, of all. Just zero well, was taken, I guess. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah it's, it's kind of like my license plate. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's true. <laughs> let's uh, provide some context on the license plate yeah okay. no i have to go so we got no 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 we'll talk about <laughs> we'll, the license plate another time. we'll save yeah. that for for next week but yeah so uh ktrc he, he said really enjoying the pod the boys have a lot of passion for golf it's reigniting to have uh reigniting a passion for golf that i've lost over the past few years there's also nothing better than discussing the terrible equipment choices people make sincerely 
four uh, four bullet points here. Carry over cart, golf pride tour logo down. Oh yes. Paying blackout on my Scotty. Towel between the top and mid slots. Great style. I'm over the top, you know me, but yeah. I, <laughs> and I, I that like his style. Phenomenal review. Yeah. Phenomenal review and good enough to win a signed copy from the one and only <laughs> Kari of not, the match. I'm not signing it. I'll, I'm sending it via Amazon Prime. That's what I'm You're doing. You're signing it. And so, it, it's all soaked from the, the, the oceans out there in Punta Cana. <laughs> yeah, I actually brought my copy down and I'm halfway through it. Other things get in the way. But, uh, okay, uh, great talking to you guys. Love you. All right, fellas. Thank you so much, everyone. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to subscribe, like, comment, share this out with a friend. We'll be back next week with another epic episode. Until then, everyone, keep swinging.